Audioversity, the voice of Reichman University. And, and just grind it to death to make it a paste. <laughs> Liquify the exactly, sun. Exactly, exactly. I don't know why I'm both impressed and also at the same time it's like sound, makes it sound worse somehow. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a perfect magic. It's a, it's, it's a very powerful It's like uh, if bugs inst- and things get in there and they just liquefy too. Oh, you no. never yeah, know. Yeah. Oh, my God. You never know. Oh, <laughs> now I'm you've saying. got me thinking about things I don't want to think about. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Actually, serious. Amazing conversations from Israel, all topics considered. With Aaron Porras and Hannah Rifkin. Welcome to the Actually Serious Podcast in partnership with Audioversity and No Camels, the leading site for Israel innovation news. I'm Aaron Porras, and before we continue, remember to follow and subscribe for more of the most interesting and innovative from Israel with all topics and the amazing people behind them considered. Now today I'm here with my executive producer, Hannah Rifkin, and Liat Goldhammer, CTO of Synovia Tech, which is forever changing the textile industry uh, in ways that I just did not understand. It apparently uses the power of sound, and I need to know in what universe does my clothing and sound have anything to do with one another? Wow, great question. You want to start from the... Yeah, from... I, yeah, yeah. What what is a shirt anyway? <laughs> Even further. How, how does it work? Yeah. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's just say a few, <clears throat> a few words about about the textile industry mm. one of the most uh, polluting one yeah. of three or yes. five like second depends. to like coal or something apparently yes one yeah. of the most polluting industries one of the most shame. traditional ones yeah very conservative ones on the other hand one that can make a difference uh, to the way energy water and chemistry is being used because of the high impact consumers have on the way this industry should be continue to uh, uh, to handle sustainability right so there's a push from consumers a push from regulatory by the way consumers push is higher than regulatory push yeah, we're sick of throwing things away believe and, it or not and, yes and, yeah and yes. giant yes. Texas size islands of garbage yes so if I take into uh, one example your denim your jeans that you are wearing I don't know if you knew this but 11,000 liters of water, pure water are required to make one pair of jeans. You're kidding. <laughs> How does that work? That's un- unimaginable. Okay. Yeah, forget, forget the meat industry. I'm going to eat steak all day. I'll just do it without pants. See? And then it's fine. Offsets. It's mind-blowing. I yeah. told you. I told you. <laughs> it's mind-blowing. 11,000 liters. So by the time the conversation will be ended, we'll be you know, producing two, three millions of pairs per hour. Oh, my God. Does anyone want to tell this to the vegans and the environmentalists (laughs) of the world? Greta Thunberg, I'm pretty sure she wears those. Burlap sacks and God knows what. Wow. (laughs) Multiply that. (laughs) There you have the problem. Okay. And you asked me about sound. Yeah. So sound is is like magic. When you introduced ultrasonic power into liquid, we are using uh, a physical phenomena that we did not invent, but we found a way to use it in order to apply chemistry and enhance properties on the textile without using all these chemical bondings required uh, to make that connection. 
Wait, so without using the chemicals or by using them differently? Maybe we're using better chemicals. Okay. okay. The ultrasound enables us not to require that chemical bonding between the chemical and the substrate, the textile. Therefore, we are able to use chemistries that before could not have been used because you always have to come to make the connection to apply, to adhere to the textile. And ultrasound enables us to basically use a much safer, much greener, much less chemicals, much, much less water, okay? If a conventional uh, process of dyeing the yarns for the denim fabric requires 10, 12 bats, each of them 1.5 tons of liter of, of water, we are able to do it in one bath. So that's the, the, the magnitude oh, wow. of the change we are able to, uh, to introduce into the industry. And that's more or less a revolution. Indeed, very much so. <laughs> right. So, okay, I, I want to come back to this, but first, like, you know, how, how did you come into this? And, you know, why, why was this important to you, I should, I should ask, I guess. I've been in the textile industry since I'm 14th. My father was working in this industry, and I used to be really? one of those, uh, you know, employee, uh, kid of an employee. Child, child workers. Exactly. <laughs> child workers big time. So hopefully not oppressed. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Completely legal. But ever since I was legally able to work, that's the industry I worked at. And uh, I have, you know, more than 25, 30 years, depends from which uh, age you count, of being on a production floor, starting very low with those simple workers, wow packaging textiles, seeing the magnitude of this industry. It's a very global industry. It's a very hands-on, a lot of handwork industry. But uh, unlike what people think, it has a lot of technology in it, a lot of material science in it, in, uh, combined with chemistry, combined with uh, processing, engineering, anything you want to add to it, including remarkable globalization uh, 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 and exposure to different cultures, different people from all over the world, mm. all, you know, join forces to bring out the latest fashion uh, items to the world and, and the amount of effort and the amount right. of, uh, f you know, of uh, joint work, sometimes different cultures from different parts of the world join forces together to bring out new products to the market every month or so. This is incredible. Uh, every, every season, you got to have something new. Yeah. yeah. So from all aspects, for me as a child, as a, as a teenager, this was a very exciting industry. And I'm glad to say uh, I, still <laughs> I still believe it's one of the most amazing right. industries to work for or work at. And it's been an incredible journey for oh me. Oh, gosh. So, like, I, I mean, we talked earlier about about how the push largely comes from the consumer, um, at least to be more green, so to speak. How how much of a response to the consumer demand for greener technology in their clothing have you seen in the fashion industry? And is it like lip service or have you seen like real leaps and bounds? Well, it's, um, it's, it's very interesting. The corporates that dominates the industry, and some of those names you are familiar with and everyone knows and wear them, there are huge corporates that took commitments before the UN or before the governments or the regulatory official bodies 
they have taken the actions and they've taken the commitments to change the way they produce mm. and to change the way they market and to change their consumer's way of consuming. So they are even willing to sell less of a higher quality goods in order to make the consumers buy less but pay a little bit more. And they convey the message that sustainability is very, very important. So if you go to any trade show in the industry nowadays, if you just open a lot of the ads or the websites of those uh, um, um, brands, mm -hmm. you basically, the first thing you, you're going to see is sustainability, sustainability, sustainability. And But, that's yeah, so how it, true is that? Right. Like it's, it sounds like a buzzword. Oh, no. And how... How do you c actually convey to the consumer that what you're paying for is worth the price hike? So there's a lot of marketing involved, and you are right that it might look like they're marketing it so heavily, so is it really true? But if you read the, the small letters and if you read the marketing materials that comes today with, with every T-shirt, with every, every product you buy, you get a lot of information about how it's been made fair trade, for example, mm -hmm. uh, green processes, organic compounds and organic uh, components for the product. If you're interested in that, you'll find a lot of information that confirms and a lot of bodies that are third party, that are external bodies that verify it, mm -hmm. that actually convey to the consumer the, 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 um, the trust that they are actually, it's not a buzzword, but it's actually happening. Okay, mm -hmm. we're not going to say it's for 100% of the collections. Sometimes they'll pick out a specific collection and they'll market it as, as green, as sustainable, it made, made of recycled materials. Maybe you've seen it already, but it's, it's really big. It's something that you mm. cannot ignore it from in, in the industry. It doesn't matter if you're a producer in Bangladesh, but if you serve Levi's, if you serve Gucci, if you serve... Tommy Hilfiger, if you serve other well-known brands, most likely you are forced to change the way you produce your, uh, your products. Hmm. We're not talking about fast fashion from H&M. Oh, we are. I mean, are we not? Yeah. Really? Yeah. H&M, you just mentioned them, so I'm just going to say yeah. they're one of the, the corporates that actually push for that, uh, uh, for that challenge. Uh, of course, they cannot offer it on 100% of what they do. But they're actually right. one of the uh, the key drivers in the industry and set up some standards to at least talk about it, to at least, you know, initiate. Uh, uh, they have a venture capitals uh, uh, initiative that actually uh, supports startups and new technologies. Um, so I'm not going to give them uh, <laughs> more uh, more advertisement than what they've got already. But but yes, they're one of the key players that really push for it, and they're doing their best. Because they're pretty affordable still. Like they're still it's affordable. not a, but the you know Gucci I, totally the different level. Right, obviously it's true. <laughs> Actually, the 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 drive from the industry comes from both Gucci level brands, which you are right, they sell for more, so they, maybe they have a little bit more margin to afford a more expensive, uh, more sustainable fashion. But it also comes from the basic. It comes from corporate the, of mass mass fashion, and each of those corporates interprets the solutions differently and forces different solutions, those that they can afford, those that they can live with, but they still challenge their supply chain. So even if now they only go this, this much, this far, 
in two, three, five years from now, the level goes up and, and the requirements are even, you know, higher. So I think it's, it's, an, important, uh, it's an important trend and it's not a trend per se. It's, it's, it's an actual... Uh, it's like a movement. The people exactly. are just going in that direction. People first started from right. Europe, now it's all over the world. And to, 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 to make a point to a cost, it doesn't mean that if you're offering a sustainable technology, for sure, the price goes up. This is a myth, okay? Yes, it is challenging the, tech, the technological companies, the startups, uh, the newcomers. Even the traditional industries are forcing new, new processes and new uh, uh, products. But if more and more are engaged, the price ultimately doesn't have to be unaffordable. And I can say from Sonovia's perspective, we've managed to develop a solution that involves a machine with an ultrasonic system, our own proprietary chemistry that was developed specifically for the machine, where the fabrics and yarns that go into our machine and are introduced to our chemistry eventually do not cost more to the producer, mm. but the value... How long does it take to like pay itself off? A few months, which wow. is a really fast ROI, which is nothing uh, yeah. in terms of this industry. Normally, new technologies, and you are very right by by especially disruptive technologies. Disruptive. Sometimes they cost millions, and sometimes they change the product. They say, "Okay, you would like to offer a sustainable denim jeans, but you'll have to compromise. The color and the shade will not exactly be as fashionable as you right. know it." And then the fashion industry says, hey, no, we will not be able to afford millions. We will not be able to compromise on the, on the appearance, on the fashion uh, look of the garment, of the product. So they sometimes tend not to adopt. But in our case, because we come from the industry and we know the hurdles of the industry, we made sure that every step of the way, it's affordable, it's easy to integrate, easy to adopt. It doesn't change. They wouldn't need a physicist standing right. nearby the machine because it's a, it's an ultrasound, right? It's not a medical device. Very easy plug-in uh, to operate, and still doesn't cost doesn't cost them more than what they do today. Actually, we are looking at cost reduction. Oh, sure. Yes, because I, I didn't explain, but we we actually able to uh, imagine one bath instead of ten. Let's yeah. settle for 10. Imagine the amount of wastewater they need to treat and pay for compared to just one bath. Right. This alone is a major cost saving. For okay. sure. Okay, mm. not to mention it's not a toxic chemistry, so it costs less to, dis to dispose of uh, non-toxic uh, wastewater. Right. So this effectively means that the clothes themselves are less toxic for humans. It's another very good point. Uh, with the years, because of the, the, the thrive to sustainability, uh, the industry set uh, some, uh, some rules and some list of restricted substances to be used. And a lot of the chemistries that, I don't know, 15 years ago, maybe even 10 or less years ago, were very common to use, like black color to use to dye black, for example, all those things were using very, very toxic chemistries and nowadays those are forbidden forbidden oh. forbidden for h&m forbidden for a, a one dollar so you use like a different chemical to make the black or, or yes. i mean yeah yes. but I'm like, but like is yes. it better it's like how, 
<laughs> How does it compare? between the yeah. that black dye versus this black dye because you know you could see how in for instance people are uh, companies are taking parabens and sulfates out of shampoos but they're replacing it with other harmful things yes it's correct it's it's a very good point a lot of it's times like a little bit towards the yeah, a lot of times, uh, really uh, talk about sustainability. You change something worse for something that was not as least worse than before, right. and there's no value. Well, nowadays there are a lot of restrictions, and there are real restrictions. And some of those harmful substances that were close to the skin, imagine most of the textiles are sitting very close to our skin. Even okay. now, you yeah. sit on that chair, there's textile. You walk barefoot on that carpet, not to mention the obvious, your underwear, your pajamas, your uh, training uh, sportswear where you sweat and, and therefore the, the chemistry yeah. can leak back to your, to your skin. We were talking your... about bras before. Yes, yeah. of course. So nowadays, all of those considerations of human's health, uh, the earth, you know, the sustainability when it comes to, to environment and to human's health is very much a focus. And it's really not so easy to use uh, restricted substances from any brand's list. Right. So I do, I do really want to get into the, into the technology in a second. But I just want to stay on one thing. Like, so what should I be looking for when I go in to buy like a new pair of pants and, and a shirt? Like what, what on the tag should I be looking for to ensure the greatest longevity of the garment and health to myself? I would go back to, to look at the brand. You know, everything is on social medias nowadays. It's not so much a problem to see if Greenpeace, for example, went after that brand and if they found something around the water of the plants around the employment conditions mm -hmm. of the workers uh, in, the, in, in uh, developing countries, because everyone is producing there. Nothing is being produced hardly in, in any, not in right. the States, not in Israel. Uh, Africa is a, is a major shift. So you can go to the media and search for some publications and check the website, first of all, of the brands, see who they are, what they stand, what they're stand for, what they are standing for, uh, what they are trying to convey. Do they have any values? It might seem, you know. I almost don't trust it, though. Like, I think the third party, I think the third party investigation is maybe a little bit better just because, you know, because I, I can go to Nike and Nike will tell me, yeah, we're really into into sustainable thing and workers rights. And it's like, well, OK, well, what does that you, mean? Yeah. Did you, you did you leave the sweatshops? Like, uh, <laughs> first of all, it, it would be. And I just threw out Nike's name. No, 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 like, no. You know. It would be very difficult nowadays to find sweatshops. I know it's yeah. not popular <laughs> to say. And people might say, no, but there was this 60 minute, uh, uh, right. you know. OK, they might have found the latest or the last ones alive. I've been traveling all around really? the world. What about brands. Sheen? Sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> what about <laughs> like, Sheen? What about this company? And this company? No, it, it was very much in the news this year. Yes. Like it, was there was it? a whole TikTok thing. Yes. I don't know them personally, and I haven't been to any of their factories, but I can tell you that, let's say, Western brands that we've mentioned some of them around this, uh, this mm -hmm. talk and others that you know, most likely, I'll be very, very surprised if you find any sweatshops. The amount of efforts that the brands invest in having sustainability uh, officers that are at least VP level with a whole team, hmm. just making sure that everything goes by the rules, by the standards, by, you know, they take a lot of efforts to do that. 
and they are traded. A lot of them are publicly uh, traded companies. Right. So they cannot afford really to, to, to use sweatshops. And again, to your question, you can, check about the, you can check out the brand, you can check out third-party reports because right. they, they publish them. If they invest, they, they publish them. And you can look at the tags. The tags and the labels on the government can tell you a lot about what the government is made of. And if we go to 2025 uh, further, there will even be a legislation in Europe that every uh, garment would have a, uh, would have a label that you can scan with your cell phone and you can have all the like history the life cycle of that exactly wow the life That's cycle incredible. completely uh, transparent and a lot of those brands are getting ready for that it's uh, it will require a lot of uh, transparency a lot of uh, traceability the way they manage their uh, their supply chain okay so wow. now i do want to now i do want to talk about Sonovia Tech. Because I know you've got a number, uh, just on your website, you've got a number of different products, uh, different dyes. You have the, the Biodome, Biofresh, Everdry. We can get into that in a second. But like, but I want to talk about the impregnation method that you, that we kind of touched on, this ultrasonic thing. Like how, again, how does sound work as a carrier for these dyes? Like, okay. How, the, okay. where does that, where does that come from? And how did, how did that even who thought of that? Okay, yeah. very good question. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, people know ultrasound mainly from from uh, from the medicine, you yeah. know, uh, seeing babies. Exactly, and, uh, it's a, it's a positive thing. Well, ultrasound is still a very positive thing and was widely used in still widely used in chemistry laboratories. They use it to make uh, suspensions, to make dispersions, uh, and almost any chemistry lab has a, an ultrasonic device that is okay. used like a. A major stirrer, if you like, it like cheers break away, down and breaks stir things them? out. Okay. It makes the solution easier and uh, and much more uh, uh, um, even and uh, easy to work with. And that's a, a common instrument. I can say that uh, also ultrasound is used to make ketchup. Yes, to make ketchup. A lot of people don't know this, but you use ultrasound to make the ketchup paste. Uh, very uh, uh, even without uh, the like more consistent consistent correct and uh, like the paste we know and before it was all done very artificially because you couldn't the the, the tomatoes uh, um, um, and the tomatoes um, like the skin and the everything. skin of the yeah. tomato is is, uh, is is solid and right. and you'd like to have a smooth uh, texture to the ketchup as you know it so ultrasound really enables taking a whole tomato including the the uh, the um the shell and and just grind it to death to make it a paste <laughs> liquefy this exactly, exactly i don't know why i'm both impressed and also at the same time it's like sound, makes it sound worse somehow no 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 <laughs> it's, it's 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 a perfect magic it's a, it's it's a very powerful it's like uh, if bugs and things get in there and they just liquefy too. Oh, you no. never yeah. know. Oh my god. You never know. Oh. That's what now I'm you've saying. got me thinking about things I don't want to think about. Thanks. That's, that's the cynic in me. I can't help it. No, so All let's right. hope let's hope they take the bugs first. They clean it very yeah. well, the tomato, and then when it's hundred percent. Now let's go back to textiles. Yes. So in textiles, impregnation was the oldest way and most traditional way to impart uh, properties on the textile. You basically take a textile, it's a very absorbing material, right? You uh, soak it in water, you put in the water any any attribute. It's, it can be a color, 
a dye, it can be a chemical, and you apply the attribute, you apply the, uh, the, um, the quality uh, by impregnating, and then you dry, you dry the textile, and, right. the, and the quality stays within until it lasts a few, uh, you know, as many wash cycles. Sure. Depends, depends on the chemistry. If you have a very strong chemistry, which means you have to use a lot of chemical ingredients to connect, to create the bonding, the chemical bonding. To the fabric. To the fabric, to yeah. the yarn, to the fiber. Imagine how many types of materials you have in textiles. You have the uh, natural ones, like cotton, like silk, like uh, hemp. Oh, is now very popular. Wool. It should be. Hemp is <laughs> super durable. Yes, yes. So it's now very popular. You can see it in yeah. denim. You can it's see coming it back. coming back. And so you have the, the natural ones. You have the synthetic ones, like the nylon, the polyester. Each of them is a different chemistry. So when I say simply just create the bonding, I mean a lot of chemicals. I don't know if you can mm. visualize it, but in order for you to, to wash your T-shirt and it remains in the shade more or less that you bought right. it, a lot of chemistry is involved. And that chemistry with time just, you know, flows back to the wash water. Every time you wash, every time you wash your textile, you wash your garment, you wash your, your, oh, your shirt, yeah. linens. So this is the traditional way. When you use ultrasound, you are still impregnating with water, but... Ultrasonic waves in, in liquid create cavities, in simple word, bubbles. Right. Bubbles which inside uh, evolve, uh, develops very, very extreme conditions, like thousands of thousands of uh, Celsius temperature, yeah. very high, like 5,000 Celsius, and 1,000 atmospheric pressure. Those conditions together do not exist on Earth, only in the moon, but for splits of seconds, in those bubbles, in those cavities created by the ultrasonic power in the liquid, they create implosion of those bubbles. So yeah, you create the bubble and then the bubble collapses on itself. Yeah, it starts to uh, expand and shrink, expand and shrink, okay? Until it eventually, people call it explode. It doesn't explode, implode. It's an internal uh, explosion. Right. But this implosion is very high energetic. It happens all of it in splits of seconds. Wow. This very energetic implosion creates another uh, side effect in the liquid itself. Jet streams in the liquid of 1,000 uh, meters per second. It's like... 1,000 really, really meter per second yes. jet stream. Jet streams. Okay, splits that. of seconds. <laughs> yeah. So now imagine the, imagine the chemistry you have there. Wow. <laughs> creating those bubbles, implosion, jet streams. And those chemistries are basically shot, really, like from a gun directly to the surface that is involved. In our case, does, it's the textile. How does the textile withstand this? Easily. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a one nice thing about ultrasound. It it's, sounds very powerful, right? Yeah, it's but sound, it's like, still, it sounds like tiny atomic bombs. Exactly, but still very gentle. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but very gentle. Very unharmful for the surface. <laughs> Thousand meter per second jet yes. streams. It's, it's a gentle background. Yeah, wow. <laughs> you imagine? Imagine. So that's what we do. We utilize that power. We utilize that energy to actually select our desired chemistry, okay, and just shoot it to the surface of the textile without the need to create all this chemical bonding because this is a physical bonding. Imagine those little chemistries just shot over to the textile and just squeezed into the surface, remaining there for almost forever. So maybe this is redundant, but maybe it's not. Um, uh, how far can this technology be taken? Like, how much further 
where do we go from right. here? That's a great question. We get it all the time. When we talk to people from the industry, their imagination starts to rowl because they yeah. say, oh, then let's do this and let's do that and let's try. We're taking one step at a time. We do know that we're able to impart uh, uh, properties onto the textile. For now, you've mentioned Biodome and and, uh, and Niox is our uh, anti-odor. And uh, we are trying different chemistries and we develop them one by one. Uh, first time to try using it for dyeing, for coloring of textile. Yeah, this so is really like revolutionary. Like, rev like new indigo kind Correct. of pattern. Yeah. Wow. This is the revolution. This is specifically, we tried that for the denim industry. After this is successful, Obviously, we will take your question up and try it dyeing all kinds of textiles, finishing all kinds of different treatments, fire retardant. Uh, and would that mean, for instance, that the dyes wouldn't fade over time? Or Yes, it means they will have a very high durability. That's what we are able to do with mm -hmm. our uh, applications, very high durability. But even before then, the, the way it's made is much more sustainable. Mm -hmm. A lot less water, uh, yeah. friendly chemistry, which sometimes is impossible to uh, to use. So this is a very friendly chemistry, uh, much less water to use, much less uh, energy. Is, so is is the chemistry more friendly, so to speak, because it just that's like naturally the, the kind of chemicals that you're using are a lot less harmful. And with this new sonic impregnation method, you're able to use them for the first time or is the chemistry and the technology to impregnate it all, is all of that wholly new it's completely new what we do is we develop our own proprietary chemicals which are designed for what we call the sono processes mm. okay there's need to be a know-how between the 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 sono uh, application and what chemistry can do it most effectively so we develop new chemistries uh, to to be able to to use this technology and uh, it's not off the shelf this is why i said step by step and we take it one application at a time and we try to create success stories like in the in the denim for example and then you know we're just uh, um, a small company for now mm. It depends on investment as well. If we are able to uh, to have more money coming into the company, we are able to expand uh, the way we uh, develop and uh, sure. then commercialize. So step by step. It's wild. So I, I saw, I read that, you know, you're also talking about, you, you mentioned fire retardant, but something that I saw was antibacterial. Right. Uh, which I thought was really interesting. And if, if I'm not mistaken, that's more or less how the company kind of started to Correct. look at things, was through antibacterial. Correct. Uh, we, we acquired a patent from uh, Barilan University. Mm -hmm. I mentioned that they were playing with ultrasound in the lab because they had ultrasound as a chemistry uh, lab. And uh, the first application that they have developed and uh, patented was related to uh, hospital-acquired infections and the use of sono finishing processes uh, to uh, reduce the level of uh, hospital acquired infections or to prevent and that's how we started that's and so you're uh, looking at true. like antibacterial garments like the bed fabrics and Correct. things like that any textile you can turn into uh, we're not limited right. uh, we, can, we are able to apply our technology on any type of textile in the early days of the company we did focus on that uh, on that uh, challenge it's a mm -hmm. it's a really big challenge are you not looking at that anymore or is that just we a small 
We are still looking Second. at it, actually, in the COVID times. Yeah, I was uh, just going to say. I was going to say that's when I really started to hear about Synovia. So mm. that makes sense. Yes. So we, we had some, I don't know, not, not a lot of fabrics, R&D level, right. treated for our biodome, antimicrobial, antiviral uh, solution. And then we got approached by, uh, by Chinese at first, before mm. anyone else heard about mm. this pandemic. Of course, China was the They first. They knew it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> and cue the conspiracy i know you're listening <laughs> and they've approached us and approached and they say can we use your fabrics and we started to realize that we are able to uh donate a lot of those fabrics to actually protect uh, people and during covid we started uh, a whole venture of masks sono masks right. uh, they were doing really great uh, but we've decided to go back to our uh, you know uh, original path focus on on the bigger picture as we see it uh disrupting the textile industry you know creating mm -hmm. an, an impact a higher impact on an industry that is considered one of the most pollutive or one of the most pollutive ones and 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 make an impact and that's what we've decided to shift and to focus on the denim and on the other uh, uh, treatments for example the anti-odor is yeah. the equivalent to uh, uh, to uh, uh, antimicrobial, but right. it has a wider use, okay, on sports, on uh, on underwear. Because it's like it's it's against the microbes that cause odor. Correct, mm. correct. Okay, and it's easier to sell uh, without claims that uh, you're going to need an FDA. Uh, you know, sure. you're not making any public health claims, but you are still, you know tackling one of the most uh, uh, harmful problems. People, you know, train, people uh, spend time, yeah. you know, with others. And sometimes textiles can, can stink to a level that even after wash, you cannot remove the stink. The oh, bacteria wow. is there. And therefore also uh, sportswear companies that sell $50 running t-shirt they are debating with this uh, challenge because after a while that t-shirt looks perfectly fine there is no way to it throw it away like except hell. it smells and we have the solution for that so we are trying to be to to know to move away to the bigger picture to give a, a broader solution to the industry and this is our focus right now targeting the fashion the clothing industry the home textiles to the anti-odor And that's a solution that uh, can be available uh, first. And wow. then the denim industry, which is one of the most wasteful processes within the textile right. fashion. In, in the drug, like in, in pharmaceuticals, when we talk about like antibacterials and antimicrobials, one of the first things that pops up is bacteria resistant, uh, or I'm sorry, antibacterial resistant bacteria and, and viruses and things like that. Is there any sort of equivalent like that with what you're doing? I mean, like, is of there... Of course, of course. So if you're making these, like, anti-smelly bacteria, like, are Correct. we creating stronger bacteria that will overcome that at oh, some point? Oh, you're asking if that's going to be a disadvantage Yeah, in the future. Are we going to are we gonna superpower question. some smelly bugs? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a good question. I, I really am not a microbiologist, so right. I don't know the answer. <laughs> But I can tell you that... Um, It's a good question because those, the test that we do for anti-odor involves bacteria mm. as well. And uh, we've tested against uh, bacteria, uh, antibiotic-resistant bacteria sometimes, right. and we, we tested very well. We tested to COVID, 
We tested to all the uh, Omicron and all the ranges of COVID, tested very well. So the chemistry on itself is a very powerful chemistry. Uh, and, and, and I think it's an advantage. Okay. I think it's an yeah. advantage because it's a, we're using a very small amount of chemistry to achieve a very high performance. Right. So no super smelly bugs yet. No, not not that not I know yet. of. <laughs> not that I know. Of. <laughs> I think that's gonna be that's gonna be the wild thing like that hits the news. Yes. In twenty years, if like, someone can test you it. Just you, we're all every the whole population is smelly now. There's nothing we can do. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> bad. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, gosh. got me thinking. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, when we think about antibiotics yeah. and how some people are now like it doesn't really work on them like it used to. True. Yeah. But bacteria and viruses are probably here to stay. And yeah. there's nothing we can do about That's it true. except getting ready, except, you know, improving the way we handle them. So That's true. I was, uh, do you, what were you going to say? No, I <laughs> no, I, I mean, we were going to talk about whether, like, how COVID affected the company, but I feel like we... Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it was like a, a really huge... Or? positive impact for the company it i mean was, it really it brought you into the public's eye correct correct and we get we are approached a lot by people first of all we have uh sonovia fans a lot of consumers mm. that bought yeah, you had masks, the masks yeah i had one bought the masks and yeah. are really happy and asking us when when are we going to issue new new products uh, but we've made i think a very brave decision <laughs> uh, not to to fall on that and to try to look at the broader, more international yeah. uh, perspective, and uh, hopefully we are able to um, to market the technology so that we don't have to be the ones making the products, but you know That's other just the, like the chemicals to do it. Uh, yes, the yeah. chemis- the chemicals and the machines will be uh, will be sold to key players in the industry. I mean, with all due respect to Sonovia being in Israel, you know. There are bigger players that we're in touch with, a lot of key leaders in the industry that are interested in what we do. And I think that's our impact is going to be much, much bigger if we just allow them to use the technology and make the products by themselves. Amazing. Liat, thank you so much for, for coming in and telling us about this. Like, I, I love it. It's and, so uh, eye-opening. Yeah. Like, the 11,000, how many? 11,000 liters of water. Uh, one pair of what? jeans. What? Yes. That's crazy to me for one pair of jeans. Mm-hmm. An I'm average American twice. an average American has more than 200 pairs in its lifetime, in his or her's lifetime. That's, I, it sounds like a lot, but I feel like that's even conservative. Yeah, I, I think like I, th- I think you especially this is average these yeah. days with fast fashion, Correct. people are going through clothes like. Correct, and who's as Americans are the you know the standard. Yeah. If you look at any country and you just take a, a snapshot of a street, what would be the most lovable piece of wearable on that on that street? Most likely jeans. Most likely, Probably. and it gets it gets more and more popular with the years, even in high fashion, in in haute couture, and all the way to. Fast fashion, it's it's there to stay. Mm. So we're hoping to make the impact, and uh, it's a it's a fun journey. It's a challenging journey, but it's a meaningful journey too. But we we like what we do, and we're very yeah. proud to do it. To be doing it, it's amazing. So cool. All right, Liat, again, thank you so much. 
Uh, Hana is amazing as always to have you in the studio with us as well. And I'm Aaron Porras. And for more actually serious topics, remember to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast on AaronPorras.com, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, No Camels, and Audioversity. We love you. See you next time. Bye. Actually serious. Amazing conversations from Israel, all topics considered. With Aaron Porras and Hannah Rifkin. All our shows and podcasts available online on our website and on all podcast platforms. Search Audioversity.